Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Early on this Wednesday morning, not to brag, but the sun's not up yet. That was kind of a brag and a very lame one at that. Don't hold that against me. I'm usually, actually, I'm really not cool at all. But anyway... I'm glad that you guys are here on the uh, Egg Bowl of Basketball Round 2. I know people hate when it's called the Egg Bowl of Basketball, but oh well. It is Round 2, Ole Miss at Mississippi State tonight. And the the conversation that you're about to hear, I I kind of opined over uh, who has more pressure on them to win tonight. And I, I think I came down to Mississippi State has more to lose and Ole Miss has more to gain uh, with a win and a loss uh, tonight. Texas A&M lost to Arkansas last night. They're kind of free-falling. That that win is looking not near as good for Ole Miss as it did a, a few weeks ago. But A&M was ahead of Ole Miss in the bracketology, so teams ahead of you losing is a, a good thing. So it's a bad thing that their loss is not looking as or their win is not looking as good, but the loss means that somebody is falling ahead of them. And weird dynamic this time of year. But all they have to do, as you guys know, is win, and everything else will take care of itself. But that is the uh, the conversation today, centered around the basketball egg bowl. And uh, who's got more pressure? That is kind of the theme of the day. Before we get into it, I want to ask you, please follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcasts, find this one and subscribe to it. Search Rebel Report in your favorite podcast app. Subscribe, leave a rating, and a review if you like what you hear. I appreciate you being here. And the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website. If you are in the market for office technology and your business is located anywhere in Mississippi, Advantage Business Systems has you covered, absms.com. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. That's Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. They make you their priority with their online banking platform. It's a one-stop shop, so all you need is an internet connection. You can do everything you need to do with your money because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. 16 locations here, likely one in your backyard. Bank with me at Priority One Bank. And real quick, before we get into the basketball conversation, uh, saw that the uh, the updated roster was released in football, and so we have the numbers, the jersey numbers for the transfers. Spring practice, um, not too terribly far away. I haven't seen an official announcement of when that's actually going to begin, but um, kind of soon. I mean, just the calendar is set to turn to March, and March is usually when spring practice begins. So when, if you're going to uh, an open practice or going to a scrimmage or the spring game, uh, you've got new players to look out for. Amorion Walker, the defensive back transfer from Michigan, will be wearing number one. Walter Nolan, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M. I love this, by the way. Single-digit numbers on the defensive line, wearing number two. Uh, Walter Nolan and Jackson Dart, wearing number two for Ole Miss this year. Again, the single-digit thing I love. Uman Mielin is going to wear number three for Ole Miss. Uh, Juice Wells will be wearing number three. Uh, the wide receiver from South Carolina. Uman Mielin, of course, from Florida, the uh, the rush end. Logan Diggs, the running back from LSU, is just going to take Quinshawn Judkins' uh, spot on the team, and he's going to take his jersey number as well. He'll be wearing number four. Lewis Moore, the safety from Indiana, is going to wear number seven. By the way, a very under-the-radar pickup for them in this portal cycle. I think you might look up uh, in a few months and think, wait, who, who's this kid? He can play. I, I think that he might be the most under-the-radar portal pickup that Ole Miss has this year. Daquan Wright, the tight end from Virginia Tech. That was also an important pickup, considering the, uh, uh, I mean, just the physical nature of the position, as you guys know. But, you know, pre-scorn, you can protect him some. And if he does happen to go down, you've got a quality, experienced tight end. 
Also saw that uh, Hudson Wolf will be returning as well. So that three deep in the tight end room looks pretty good as of this moment. He'll be wearing number eight, Daquan Wright. Again, the tight end from Virginia Tech, Brandon Turnage. The defensive back from Tennessee, if you're a uh, Oxford local, you're very well aware of who he is. He'll be wearing number eight. Trey Amos, the defensive back from Alabama, huge pickup there. He'll be wearing number nine. Uh, Chris Paul Jr., apparently wearing 27 as of this moment, but uh, number 11 will be what he wears when the season begins. So there you go. Uh, Key Lawrence, Chris Paul Jr., by the way, from Arkansas, the linebacker, uh, a huge pickup as well. Uh, but I think he's getting his due. That's why I brought up uh, Moore as a under-the-radar guy, because I think a lot of people are rightfully excited about Chris Paul Jr. And he and, and his dad, if, you, if, if you're if you on social media, you've probably seen them at some point. They seem incredibly fired up to, uh, to be specifically at Ole Miss. Kind of cool to see, um, especially in this, uh, in this era. Key Lawrence, the safety from Oklahoma, wearing number 12. The safety from South Alabama, Yam Banks, wearing 16. Uh, Julius Bulo from Washington, the guard, is wearing 52. His teammate, Kalepo, Nate Kalepo, is wearing 53. The other guard, Diego Pounds, Ole Miss's likely starting left tackle, will be in 61. And Jerquan Scott, the guard from Southern Miss, will be wearing number 65. So, uh, there you go. Uh... <laughs> All the freshmen have numbers too, but uh, those are the uh, those are the transfers. Those are the guys that um, are going to play right away. And um, I'm very curious about spring practice. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to seeing the quarterback position because, as I've told you guys before, uh, do not expect to see much of Jackson Dart uh, in the spring and in the spring game. So Walker Howard and if Austin Simmons is available, um, depending on what his baseball status is. Um, and if he's able to go to any spring practices or what, we'll have to see. But uh, that those guys will be getting a lot of reps. The quarterbacks not named Jackson Dart will be getting a lot of reps this spring. I'm very curious to see what that looks like and all of these transfers. And, of course, it's just football. And, uh, and you love to see it, especially considering the hype that this team is getting. So there's jersey numbers for you before we get into the live chat last night talking Egg Bowl of basketball. Also, this started like almost immediately after Mississippi State lost to Austin P. So some state fans came in to the chat and they were very uh, irate about the state of their baseball program. So there's that. You're, you're going to hear some of that. We talk a, a lot about uh, the disaster that is Fanatics. It is something that I'm very passionate about. Forgive me for the um, the long-winded rambling about what you, the sports fan, are dealing with uh, anymore because of a company like that. It, it's really... Um, it's really shameful, and you'll hear a lot about that as well. Please, uh, please for, forgive me for for that. It was a lot of of rambling about fanatics and all that. Anyway, good conversation. Otherwise, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. You'll get a post game recap after the game tonight as well. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you for tuning in. Here's that live chat from Tuesday night, and I'll talk to you after the game, Ole Miss and Mississippi State tonight. Meaningful basketball is extremely compelling, and we've got two teams right here in Mississippi that are fighting for the NCAA tournament. Now, the metrics really like Mississippi State better. You guys know that. They like State a lot better uh, than Ole Miss as of this moment, but State's remaining schedule is brutal, guys. It is really, really tough. Uh, I mean, the one break game that they get is on the road. I mean, they've still got Kentucky. They've got to go to A&M. It is a really difficult schedule. And so even though the metrics really like them, the possibility for stacking losses remains for Mississippi State and for Ole Miss. They are, according to Joe Lenardi, the last team in as of today. I, along with everybody else, I agree with the sentiment that if they get to 10, then they are going to make the tournament because that will, I mean, 10 and 8 in the SEC, I mean, that, that would be eight losses. An eight-loss SEC team is not missing the tournament. But they got to get there, and, and tomorrow night could be a big opportunity for them to get there. But the theme of the day for me is who has more pressure uh, to win this game. So I'll talk about that just for a second, and then I'll get out of the way so you guys uh, can weigh in as well. Uh, who has more pressure to win? Tomorrow night, Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Obviously, Ole Miss won the first round of the basketball Egg Bowl. Really fun, really, really fun basketball game. 
uh, high scoring, a lot of shot making, all that stuff. Really fun, really high level basketball game. Uh, who has more pressure to win? This is what I have come to. This is what I've decided uh, about tomorrow night. I think Ole Miss has more to gain with a win, and Mississippi State has more to lose with a loss. Uh, I, you know, that's why I get paid the big bucks, right? Takes uh, like that just don't grow on trees. But I think that that's what it is. Um, I, I think Ole Miss with a win tomorrow night really sets themselves up well to make the NCAA tournament with a road trip to Missouri. You, you got a, uh, you got Georgia, who's you know certainly competent but beatable. South Carolina at home on Saturday, A and M at home. Uh, a win tomorrow night makes the path to the NCAA tournament for Ole Miss very clear and not easy, but certainly not difficult. A loss tomorrow night really doesn't change their circumstances all that much, though. It just makes the margin for error a little bit smaller, but the opportunities for wins uh, are are there, and they've got easier road games, and again, the aforementioned South Carolina and Texas A&M games are at home, so the opportunity to get four more is still in front of them. I would be shocked if a loss would hurt them much in their tournament standing. Maybe they go from Last team in to among the first four out, but that's really not that much of a drop. The bubble was awful. You guys know that. So Ole Miss has a lot to gain, but very little to lose. Mississippi State, on the other hand, I mean, they'll, they'll be a six-point favor or so. They're supposed to, you know, in air quotes, win this game. Um, they're not going to make a huge jump for winning this game. And the schedule like I said before, it's extremely difficult. So a win is kind of what you need to do after losing uh, in Oxford. you got to protect your home floor, especially against your rival. You're not really going to change your circumstances all that much with a win. It, it will help, don't get me wrong, but it won't change it all that much. A loss, though, makes the back half, or, or the, the back half, the remaining games on this schedule look daunting. At LSU, Kentucky, who is surging, at Auburn, and an Almost impossible place to play. Texas A&M in College Station in South Carolina, who's kind of falling off, but they're still ranked as of this moment. That is a brutal remaining schedule for Mississippi State. So I think the, the, the pressure, there's more pressure on State to win this game considering what the remaining schedule is and what happened in the first game, whereas Ole Miss has a lot to gain, but not near as much to lose as State. So that's kind of where I fell on it. Really excited about this game. Matt Morell is playing at a really, really high level. Hubbard uh, obviously uh, was good against Arkansas. Matthews is playing really good basketball for State right now. Um, Ole Miss was able to defend uh, Tolu really well in that trip to Oxford. Who is going to be that guy that emerges, or or will there be that guy? I think Alan Flanagan is a, a big X factor for Ole Miss in this game. He's got he's going to have to be aggressive and attack the basket to collapse the floor to kick it out to shooters. Ole Miss has struggled shooting the basketball on the road. And, and so if they're not able to get good, clean, open looks and then make those when they're there, uh, it might be tough sledding tomorrow night. Sold out Humphrey Coliseum, going to be pretty hostile and going to be a lot of fun, in, uh, in my opinion. So, again, glad you guys are here. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, I will do a post-game uh, recap, probably not live, though. I, I think I'll just record it, but be on the lookout for that tomorrow uh, after the game. And uh, and let's talk. So uh, eight minutes of me rambling. Now it's time to get to uh, to you guys. So here we go. You were able to walk around your dorm room in one of the early NCAA football games? Yes, you were. Yep, you uh, you had a dorm. Yeah, I remember that. Absolutely. And I assume they're going to bring that back. They need to bring back your coach leaving during spring practice and NIL deals and stuff like that. But anyway, is Mississippi State baseball season over after the loss today? No, it is not over. But, um, I mean, it's just it's just awful. Because I, I said the same thing about Ole Miss in the video I posted yesterday. And the same principle applies to State, and the same principle applies back to Ole Miss again. Um, th- this applies to both. Midweek losses happen. Vanderbilt lost to Dayton tonight. That happens. Uh, Teams lose midweek games. Teams lose uh, Wake Forest, the number one team in the country, lost to UNC Greensboro, I think, today, or UNC Wilmington, one of those two. Um, And I did see somebody say 
see, midweek upsets happen all the time. Nothing to worry about. And they were talking about it from an Ole Miss angle. But those things don't happen in a vacuum. Wake Forest gets the benefit of the doubt because they swept their opening series. And they were an extremely good team that made it to Omaha last year. So it's easier to to stomach a loss in the midweek if you're Wake Forest because they played well over the weekend. They played well a year ago. You can do the that's baseball thing with that. You cannot do the that's baseball thing with Mississippi State coming off of a, a series. They won the series, but they did lose a game to Air Force. They didn't really hit the ball particularly well at all on Friday or Saturday. And they turn around and Austin P. A guy that was, what, 1-8 and eight a year ago completely shuts them down. And then when you put that into the context of the last two seasons being an absolute disaster, and there is no that's baseball about what happened. What happened is an embarrassment. What is happening to Mississippi State baseball is an embarrassment. And if Ole Miss continues on the path that they seem to have been on over the weekend, if that continues over the next especially six games, then I will have the same Take it just Mississippi State lost uh, a midweek game today. Ole Miss did not play. They will play uh, tomorrow. It's not over, but holy crap, it is um, off to not a not a good start. And and fans are rightfully furious. I, I mean, it's it's brutal at the moment. Horrible approach at the plate tonight. I mean, we were watching during the radio show. Had it up in the studio and. and um, a, a guy that cannot or could not throw strikes was constantly getting swings and misses on balls out of the zone. It was unbelievable. Allowed yourself to be optimistic. What a mistake. Mississippi State pitching is promising. Yes, it is. Uh, that is promising for sure. Let's talk Starkville Derby. I, hey, May 4th, right? Isn't that the day? I don't want to uh, incorrectly promote. Uh, let's see. This is supposed to work. My phone, I guess it doesn't. Okay. May 4th, right? May the 4th be with uh, May the 4th be with you. If that is in fact the day, I will make plans to be there. I want to be there. I will be there. It's an it, you guys did an awesome job. What a cool cause that is as well. Um I, I can't wait to play some kind of part. If you since you're here, it sounds like you're welcoming uh me into that again. I can't wait to play some kind of part in promoting it. Uh, if you let me, and uh, that'll be that'll be awesome. So, Chris Beard to Louisville. Just wait for that to happen. Um, I, I mean, jobs are going to come open in college basketball. Those jobs are going to look into Chris Beard because he's one of the best coaches in America. It, it just it is. But like I would say. And I know you've been with me, Memphis Rebel, for a long time. Uh, I don't know if you listen to the radio show because we talk about it on the show a lot, but I know you've been with me here. And every time a job would come open and, and Kiffin's name would get looped in, what would I say? If he is interested, it doesn't matter if they are not. And now the, that entire dynamic has changed rather dramatically for him. But initially... He wasn't given the opportunity to leave, even if he wanted to. A similar concept could happen here. Uh, maybe uh, Louisville doesn't want to take on the uh, the baggage, although it's a year removed from it. That, that they would have to it would it would have to be mutual. So I'm just I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about that any more than I just did uh, until a job comes open and he gets linked to said job because right now they got six games left and, and they have a chance to make the tournament. And, and this is fun to discuss and getting into hypotheticals about the possibility of a coach leaving without a job being open is not something that, that I'm going to uh, not, not, I'm just not going to do that further than, uh, than, than this. So why did they suck against Missouri? Was it mostly the one guy going ham for Missouri where, had he been bad, they had gotten blown out. I think it's it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, Ole Miss did not – I mean, the effort was poor early. I podcasted about that, but effort was poor, uh, at least I thought. They, they didn't execute offensively, and, and when they kind of locked in, you, they ran away with it. I mean, 
as I've said a few times, they're, they're not basketball playing robots, right? They are human beings, and maybe they looked at a bad Missouri team and didn't take them seriously. It uh, could be a lot of things. Maybe they're tired. Uh, it could have been a lot. Um, uh, frankly, I'm more concerned about the way they played in their win against Missouri than their loss against Kentucky because they defended and rebounded against Kentucky well. They just missed open shots. Uh, but, I, I, you know, you're, you just – they're, they're, they're college athletes. You're just you're not going to get consistent effort always. Maybe you should. Uh, I imagine the film study was a little bit frustrating, uh, if not a lot of it frustrating. But it was a combination of a lot of things. When you're a bad team, you find ways to lose. And for going on three years, State has consistently found ways to lose. Pitching has improved, but it doesn't make a difference in the win column, especially considering how bad they are at the plate. They're getting a little bit healthier, I suppose. But, I mean, if you can't hit bad pitching, what the hell do you think is going to happen when LSU rolls to town in a few weeks to start conference play? Just had a spider crawl on your toe. You nearly fainted. I would have, too. Texas A&M basketball is about to run themselves out of the NCAA tournament, down 10 with about five minutes left. Are they really? I haven't been keeping up. So, full transparency, uh, little man had to get three shots today in his legs and he had uh, it, it I, I he's sleeping he, he's already asleep I think he I think he milked it I, I think he was kind of playing into the the sympathy that uh, that that he was getting so you know that's a that's a factor but um he was really down and just his legs are sore and yeah, the the shots don't make the little the toddlers feel good and so I haven't watched a, a dribble of basketball since the show ended but I pulled the score up while I was delaying, and it uh, looks like Tennessee's going to take care of Missouri, and Arkansas's got a lead on Texas A&M, who's 15-10, and 10, by the way, um, with 2.45 left. Wow. Wow. And so what kind of an A&M team are, are you going to get moving forward uh, when, when State's in College Station, and then a, a game later when Ole Miss hosts them? What will A&M be? Will they be fighting for their tournament lives, or – well, they have given up by them. They are falling apart. They are absolutely falling apart. But they've cut it to three with two minutes left. Maybe Arkansas will blow this one too, uh, kind of like they they blew the state game not too terribly long ago. Embarrassment's the perfect way to put it. You see the resources fans in the state put into baseball versus schools like Wake Forest, and it's embarrassing. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Fandy will go 13 and 5 or 12 and 6 in their first 18 non-conference games and still manage to go 18 and 12 or 19 and 11 in the SEC and make a run to the semifinals. Yeah, something like that. Although I do wonder if the NIL era is going to really level the playing field um, and and kind of eliminate the built-in advantage that Vanderbilt uh, has had for for so long. But you wonder if Lamonis makes it through conference play. Doubt it. At this rate, he won't. At this rate, he will not because. Quite frankly, um, sorry, I just got distracted here. Um, I, I, anyway, an, an email, uh, an email caught my attention. Uh, forgive me, um, but maybe they want to give a look at the new pitching coach. I mean, he, he did a really good job at South Carolina. Maybe there's some motivation there to see if fans won't like that because they they would want to go big game hunting and they should, but. Part of me wonders if they would cut bait early to kind of see if they've got something there to consider. The only way he doesn't make it through conference plays if they go twelve and six in the first non-conference games and are one and eighteen. And yeah, I mean, if they're losing to Austin P already, then they've got more midweek losses coming, and they've got SEC losses coming too. Brandon, what's up, man? Thank you for the uh, for the super chat. Uh, the um, means a lot, and I appreciate you and and thank you a, a ton. It's certainly not necessary, but thank you uh, for it anyway. You are the man. You say you can see state by twenty tomorrow night. If Ole Miss gives the effort they gave against Missouri, state's going to beat their their absolute brains in. Absolutely. Um, what can't happen is the ball can't stick. And that's something that I've kind of noticed that happens on the road is is they 
the way I described it to Haydad today was I think that they lose confidence quickly on the road. Um, and, and there's no way to quantify that, but like against Kentucky, they, they started missing shots and it almost became infectious. Um, if Ole Miss is going to win this game, they, they've got to create offense and make shots early because for whatever reason, it looks like to me, and I know the South Carolina game kind of runs counter to this, but when they make a couple early shots, it's like they lock in and they, they play differently based on how they start. And, and when they've gotten off to poor road starts like LSU, they, they were never able to really climb back into it, Auburn uh, being another one. So um, I think they match up pretty well with State. Um, I, I think that that Cissé and, and even Sharp uh, are, are going to be able to have some success with uh, with, with Tolu like they did last time. I, I think that Flanagan and Morrell uh, present challenges uh, to, to Josh Hubbard uh, when, when they guard him because they're big physical uh, athletic guards that can uh, defend when they're locked in anyway. They can defend him um, on the perimeter. They can make life difficult for him. So, like, Matthews is going to have to have a big game for State, I think. Um, I mentioned Flanagan earlier being the X factor, and I believe that. He's going to have to – the ball can't stick uh, with him. And sometimes offensively it happens where uh, they don't – ball movement's poor and it sticks with one guy and they do, like, isolation, it just kind of – over dribbling and taking bad shots where Ole Miss is at their best is when they're getting Matt Morrell clean looks when Murray's attacking and and distributing the ball. And when Alan Flanagan's aggressive and attacking the basket, because you're not going to get point production from your bigs at this point, it's just not going to happen. So how can you go after Tolu? Can you get him in foul trouble? Can you get shots at the rim? Can you, uh, make it a free throw shooting contest because Ole Miss would beat Mississippi State in a free throw shooting contest. Um, I, I'm excited to see this game. I'm excited to see what State brings out to, to counter what Ole Miss was able to do in the second half against them. I'm excited to see what Ole Miss is able to do uh, in trying to take Hubbard and Tolu out of the game. I I, I hope it's as fun as it can be, but I, I'm with you, though. I, I think that um, – it's a three outcome game, in my opinion. So we do this, we do this on the show some, and, and I know you hear it. The how many outcomes in this game? So for example, an Ole Miss blowout, an Ole Miss win close, a Mississippi State blowout, a Mississippi State close win. I think that Ole Miss is either going to win close, state will win close, or state will blow out. I don't see a scenario in which Ole Miss blows them out. But um we'll have to see. Now that I said all of that stuff, it, it probably is going to end up being totally wrong, but that's okay. Didn't Arkansas win on a buzzer beater in Arkansas against Texas A&M? Uh, yes, and now they're up seven. Good Lord. At this rate, you're not sure Lamona should make it through non-conference play. I don't know if you, you can fire a coach before conference play begins. And also, I mean, I would have to see the contract. But I assume there was a financial component for why they didn't move on from him after last year. And so by letting him coach the season out versus firing him with four weeks left, if that saves you a few hundred thousand dollars, then you might as well let him coach the season out. Mississippi State lost money on baseball last year. And um, it just kind of, Throwing money down the drain. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, if it's if it costs you more financially to do it before the end of the season, then what's the point? If it's already going to be another disaster, I mean, what what are you really saving by by moving on? That's something that uh, Zach Selman will have to consider. Should this continue on this path, um, state fans, obviously you hope it does not. But if it does continue on this path then um, we'll see what they figure out. We said it back in June. They could have been delaying the inevitable, keeping him, maybe beating LSU and Ole Miss got him another year. You'll pick State to win tomorrow. They split the basketball. They split in basketball. It almost happens every year, pretty much. 
Brandon, thank you again, man. I'm not. Don't don't you dare think I'm getting that uh, a curtain rod though. It ain't happening. But uh, I appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks a lot. You are too kind. You think uh, or you're not sure if Lamonis makes it to conference play either? I I, I mean they play tomorrow, and fans are going to go because fans go. Fans just support baseball in this state. It's just what they do. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss had the the worst season that they've had in an extremely long time, and they sold out season tickets, the second most they've ever sold or whatever in program history. People just support baseball here. But I would love to know what the mood tomorrow is. I, w- I, would, I would like to be there to, to feel – what that's going to be like for uh, for them. And again, these team websites are so awful, just awful. But um, they play that same team tomorrow. What What's the mood in that place going to be like? Alan Flanagan's a lot taller than you think. Yeah, he's big, man. He's big and physical. And, and when, when he's decisive and aggressive and going downhill, he's difficult to stop and – um, especially if you're getting a, a lighter whistle as well. I mean, uh, officiating factors into these games. It shouldn't, but it does. Um, if if it's more of a touchy whistle, then uh, it, Flanagan will be huge for Ole Miss, especially considering how good he is at the free throw line. Does that tell you what Vegas thinks about Ole Miss when it was a close line at Ole Miss but stayed as a seven-point favorite at home? I mean, all of the metrics like Mississippi State more so than Ole Miss, all of them. Uh, the the net, Ken Palm, all that. I mean, the ESPN matchup predictor has stated 80% chance of winning tomorrow. All of the metrics uh, favor State over Ole Miss. So that does not surprise me at all, uh, not even a little bit. The metrics really like them um, compared to Ole Miss especially. State fans should speak up on baseball, packing duty noble just to lose to Air Force and Austin P is unacceptable. Basketball deserves the support instead. Yeah, and that's why I'm uh, dying on that hill of Ole Miss needs to move the baseball game from noon to 11 on Saturday because if it pulls, and, and you guys know that this is how this works, people get pulled away from basketball when a baseball game is going on. Regardless of who the baseball game is against, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a beautiful day on Saturday, and that baseball game is going to go into the basketball game. And people will not leave. the ba- they, they will either not go to basketball because they're, they're staying to the end of baseball or they're going to go to basketball late. And that can't happen. You, you should not make them choose. Move the baseball game up an hour because people just support it regardless. But um, I think Zach Selman understands that even if fans show up to games, if they're losing on this trajectory, if they keep going, that it doesn't matter how many people are showing up, they still have to make a change anyway. Again, they lost money on baseball last year. And I think a lot of that has to do with they they didn't do well at the gate. By the end of the year, they reported big crowds, but they didn't get them if you looked at the stands closely. Your question for both Ole Miss and State is how much money you can pour into baseball and be good in other sports. You don't know if any school can be great in all three. Tennessee probably doing the best with that. I think you can be good at all three. I think you can, but it is um, there's a finite amount of money, and that that's the thing that. You know, people just think that there's all this money. And yes, the SEC is giving more and more and more, but there's a finite amount of money for NIL. And there's a finite amount of money in the budget. And again, those budgets keep growing. But think about if you're going to be competitive in football, especially in the SEC in this new era where Texas and Oklahoma are in, you've got to spend more than you've ever spent before. Uh, If you're going to be competitive in basketball, you're now having to spend more than you ever have before. And your donors are having to buy the players for those two sports. And those, those are really expensive. I mean, Ole Miss's roster in 2024 is worth millions of dollars, millions of dollars to play football this year. If, uh, I mean, if all goes well and Chris Beard, let's say he makes the tournament, 
Uh, Ole Miss is going to have to offer him a big contract with a big fat raise, but he's also going to want to turn the roster over. Guess what? That costs money. That's coming from the same people. So I think it's possible that you can be good in all three. Baseball is not an NIL expensive sport. Now, you're in the SEC and LSU and Arkansas, et cetera, do spend money in it, but you don't have to spend millions on your baseball roster. There's not all that many programs that are going to be buying players uh, in the way that you can anyway. But there is a finite amount of money. And we'll see how how that looks moving forward. But I don't think that you can punt one. Um, not in this state. You certainly can't punt baseball. And, and punting basketball is a bad financial decision. So you have to try to be good at all three here. Your fans won't let you not try to be good at all three around here. How much of Ole Miss's struggle at the end of the series in Hawaii was due to it being a four-game weekend where they couldn't go all out for the third game? Maybe there's something to that, but we're talking about Hawaii here. And, you know, regionals are four games sometimes. They're not just three games. And so if... Hawaii has so much more depth than you that they're kicking your you-know-what in game four, then how how can you think that you're getting through a regional? I mean, we're, we're talking about Hawaii here. You know, not bad. They're not bad. They were certainly competent. It is a long trip, weird start times. I, I understand it. I understand it. But um, it goes beyond just that's baseball and travel. They they were really sloppy, and they've got to clean it up fast. But if if you are lacking in depth so bad that Hawaii is able to do that to you, then you're you're not winning games in the SEC, regardless of how many you play on a weekend. Part of the problem is that whenever state fans express displeasure with the baseball team, certain fans, quote, and some media tell us we just don't understand baseball. Is that happening right now? I sure hope that's not happening right now because um, uh, um, that, that, anyway, no, you know what? Nah. You think it depends on tomorrow? If Ole Miss wins, they'll likely pack out the game Saturday. It should be packed out regardless. Should be regardless. It's a must-win game, I think, considering where South Carolina is and where that game is be, where they are like in their season. They're kind of sputtering a little bit. Where it is on the schedule, there's no excuse for that not to be an incredible crowd on Saturday, regardless of what happens tomorrow. Sure, you love college baseball, but why would you waste your time and money on something that sucks so much right now when another sport is succeeding at the same time? And that's not being fair weather. It's just that you know the product can be better, and yet they do nothing about it. Talking about state. Ole Miss has to go and attack. Morell and Juju and other players have to hit high double digits. And I would love to see Dell. Uh, Matt Morell, I think, needs more looks. Uh, I talked about it a- after the, the Missouri game. And, and I'm not smart enough to know if teams are scheming against this or whatever, but Matt Morrell has has a game. He's got a good outside game. He's good in the mid-range. He's a smart, smart basketball player. Um, I mean, he's a total package, an all-SEC guy. And why is he only getting 10 shots in a game, though? He is your best offensive weapon. He can score at multiple levels. He's smart with the ball why is is he getting the third most shots up in a game? That 10 should have been 20. Um, and again, I know that's an elementary thought, but that, that drives me nuts. Why does is he not getting more shots? You see it in the NBA all the time. Teams have a, a shooter or a hot hand, and they run sets to get him shots over and over and over again until somebody can stop it. And, and I wonder why Ole Miss doesn't do that. My most realistic call if State moves on from Lamonis, would, it would be Butch. But Butch would be number one on my list. I know a lot of people are talking about Wake Forest's coach. 
Um, that might be a this is crazy. Uh, that might be a difficult pull. I mean, he's I mean, he's got the the resources, the pitching lab and all that stuff. I know State's got a big, beautiful stadium. I understand that, but Wake Forest has has a lot going for it in baseball right now. Um, Butch obviously understands Mississippi State really, really well. Now he's got a baseball minded AD with Cohen. Maybe that makes that difficult. But yeah, I, I think Butch would be um, extremely high uh, on that list, if not number one. And, and I think that they could pull that off, considering the history and all that. You can have both baseball and basketball. It's not one or the other. Just not going to an early midweek game to see basketball play a big game is what you should do. Baseball plays a ton more games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That That's how I feel, too. You'd like to see the stats, but what's Ole Miss's record in these type of opening series, the weird across-the-country opening series? They don't do it all that much. Um, I mean, didn't they go to Long Beach a few years ago? And um, Play poorly? Wasn't that them? Or was that State? I can't remember. But they don't do this all that often. They played in Minnesota um, and, and won up there. I mean, they did the uh, – that. The, the tournament in Arlington when that winter storm came through and people struggled to get there and played well there. Whoever scheduled a four-game series in Hawaii followed by a normal midweek game should be drawn in court. Uh, you know who that was, Pat. The, the, the coach is responsible for the schedule in baseball. You would say let's fund the football program at all costs because that will boost the NIL for other programs. There's no doubt about that. And, and to Keith Carter's credit, and again, I appreciate you a lot for the Super Chat. Thank you. Thank you for that. That is um, it's very, very awesome. I actually, because of Super Chats, bought um, a microphone that plugs into my phone, a stand-up microphone that plugs into my phone, um, and I can so I can bring it places. Uh, because of Super Chats, I was able to do that. So I can kind of enhance some of this uh, anyway. So, yeah, I got that. It should be here tomorrow. So hopefully it works because uh, it plugs directly into your iPhone, but it's got to stand in like it's a professional microphone. See, this one just plugs into a laptop, and this is a eight-year-old microphone that sucks anyway. But, um, yeah, I was able to do that. So thank you directly because of of this. I was I did that. But, yeah, um, football momentum carries into other sports. There's, there's no doubt about it. You have a good football season, people are jacked up to go to basketball games. You have a good basketball season, people are jacked up to go to baseball, and people that are jacked up donate money. Uh, but, but to Ole Miss and, and Keith Carter's credit, they are giving football everything that they possibly can give them to win. I mean, that is not something that you could always say, but they are, they are stretching themselves, and I think it's the right move, and it's working but they are stretching themselves uh, to, to win in football. I mean, they're, they're spending so much and more analysts and more everything. I mean, they're, they're in. They are all in to win in football uh, there. And, you know, good for them. That's, that's how it should be. That's how it always should have been. Morell is too good to take that few shots. I agree. That guy can flat out ball when he's out in good positions. You don't think Vitello is leaving? Uh, I mean, there he's getting a new stadium renovation. They're paying him a lot. Your top three would be Butch Godwin and the, the coach at Campbell. People talked about him last year, too. He's a good coach. I'm right. The new team sites for both schools are putrid. Yeah, and, and it's just not it's not just them. It's like across the board, all these new team sites. I, I guess it's the same company. Um, awful. Just awful. Like Fanatics. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know how I feel about Fanatics. And, and you guys know how, how I feel about fans getting priced out of sports anyway. Uh, but now fans are getting priced out of apparel. That's how bad this has gotten. And And Hopefully, the Major League Baseball Players Association kind of plays hardball with this, and it, and it feels like they are. So more and more people can wake up to the fact that uh, $40 cheap, like horribly made cheap T-shirts that are not printed correctly 
um, are not normal and should not be more normal and we shouldn't stand for it. $450 jerseys that are not even etched, that are, that are screen printed is not normal and we shouldn't stand for it. It's going to get harder to build back in baseball. The league keeps getting better and LSU is a monopoly with all the financial support they have. Yeah, maybe, you know, instead of buying pitchers, they should um, buy a defensive tackle or two. I bought a new microphone, but not a curtain rod. Yep, that, that, never buying a curtain rod. It's never happening. Yeah, I, I'm. I think we talked about this last time, but I, I don't think that there is a scenario in which Ole Miss fires Mike Bianco this year. I don't. I don't think that there's a scenario in which that happens. I could be wrong. Happens often. I don't think that that's happening this year. Glad you're not a Dodgers fan. As soon as the Otani deferred payments hit, those tickets are going to be so crazy. They'll be lucky to have 20 people in attendance. No kidding, man. But, I mean, it's just like I follow the the Pelicans and Saints team store on um, Facebook and all that. I mean, look look at this. This is just a T-shirt. So I put that's just a T-shirt. That's $40 for a T-shirt with the Saints logo on it. I mean, what do we do? Why do we accept that? Look at this. I mean, that's just a black T-shirt. It's it's horrible quality. A black T-shirt with just a logo, a small logo on the chest. That is a $37 T-shirt before you pay for shipping, which is insane. That. We, we as fans have to put our foot down on stuff like this. This is shameful. It really is. Five and 25 or worse would maybe do it, but you don't know how they could get any worse than six and 24. We're just going to pitch in to get you a curtain rod and a shadow box to hang on the wall. <laughs> that actually would be so much fun. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Forgive me, I didn't hit mute in time. Um, that would actually be really funny. You just put it right above it, too. Yeah, there's a there's a bird trying to build a nest right outside that window, too, today. I I didn't get rid of it. I just kind of knocked on the window a couple of times. Um, and, and I think he stopped. So you almost had a, a bird right up there, too, to, uh, to look at. But anyway. You have to send me a curtain rod to Studio X. Brandon, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use it. It's not going to happen regardless of the amount uh, uh, or, or how nice it is or, or what the Super Chat totals are. It ain't happening. But uh, no, man, you are uh, you are too kind. Thank you uh, for that. Also, we did um, your PTG Outdoors Fishy Line of the Week today, kind of. So I know that's – so Arkansas is going to beat A&M. But um, Richard brought up – Tennessee, Missouri as fishy. And he was right because Tennessee didn't cover. Now they won, but they didn't cover. So he was right. PTG Outdoors fishy line of the week, Tennessee and Missouri. Nailed it. But we'll obviously do more later. Um, Arkansas is going to beat AM. AM is in a free fall, in a free fall right now. Even $110 for the college jerseys is too much, $250 to $300 for NIL ones. And the stuff from Fanatics is all screen printed. It's not etched anymore. I mean, I, I'm going to order a Saints jersey on DHgate. Uh, Rebs, you mentioned it. You're better off getting a $25 to $40 jersey from Chinese websites that are probably better quality. Absolutely, they are. I, I've got a few in my closet right now. Um, I ordered them at a time where I was larger, so they don't fit me anymore. But I got a, I have two Pelicans jerseys that are that are stitched quality that I got for $20. Both of my USA Soccer jerseys I got from the the sketchy Chinese website for under $30. And they are perfect, cheap, like prices, but perfect quality. I'm never buying from Fanatics. Ever, it's not happening. Not going to do it. Being in the screen printing industry, Fanatics products are absolute garbage, not worth a dollar. And there's nothing wrong with the, the screen printed apparel. Like the, nothing wrong with it at a better price point. When you're charging $60 for a long-sleeve shirt, 
get out of here. Get out of here. How soon until Musselman leaves for Louisville? The day Arkansas season ends? I mean, that day? Yeah. And yeah, the pro jerseys on DHgate are the best. They are. But, I mean, the fact that we're having to, to do that. And and I know I, I, I rant about it too much. I talk about it too much. I have been told that I do. But um, it's about time people start talking about that more. I know we've got bigger problems to deal with, like in society or whatever. But since I'm a sports guy, I'm not going to talk about, you know, the, the latest political thing that's affecting my bottom line. It's sports are supposed to be accessible. I mean, that that's supposed to be the beauty of them, right? Is that it brings, I mean, f- forgive the, the Pollyanna, you know, pie in the sky, whatever, but that, that is the beauty of sports is that th- they bring people together that otherwise wouldn't be together. I mean, I, I went to the Saints Titans game th- this season and the art little group in the dome, like so, so my friends and then the people in front of us and behind us and next to us could not have been more different. I, I, I mean, looks, race, gender, economic backgrounds, good and bad, uh, uh, all could not have been more different. But we were all sitting together watching the Saints, and by God, when we scored a touchdown, everybody's high fiving each other. And in that, that is something that has has been completely lost. Um, been completely lost. We have started accepting getting priced out of sports. They're becoming for the wealthy, and and that's a shame, man. Because um, this isn't how it should be at all. But this is how it is now, and it's it's time for for us to start adapting some of the the tactics from European soccer teams. If they try to raise ticket prices, don't go to the games. Just boycott the games completely or stage a walkout. Go to the game, fill up the the stadium, and five minutes into the game, leave. Stuff like that. I mean, don't stand for it. Remember when they tried to make that super league of soccer teams and make it kind of like the NFL? And you had protests all over the continent like, hey, don't do this. We don't want this. And they didn't do it. We, we should do that here. Uh, we really should. Uh, I mean, the, this stuff with Major League Baseball, um, Major League Baseball fans should boycott buying their team's apparel. They shouldn't do it. And even if you can't afford a, a $400 jersey, don't buy it out of principle because that's not what this is supposed to be about, man. I mean, the, the guy that works at the law firm shouldn't be any different than the guy that's you know, um, working a blue collar job. The, the guy working a blue collar job should be able to buy a jersey for his kid so they can go to the game together. And right now they can't. And that's, it's just such, we have lost the plot. We have completely lost the plot on why, on, on who matters in sports. And, and what's important. The fans just don't matter anymore. Nobody cares about fans. Nobody talks about fans. We we look down on fans. We talk down on fans. We, I mean, you've got people in my business that that say things like, "Well, if you can't afford it, just don't go." But like in a like don't complain kind of way. Like it, it's it, like it, if I were a player and. It's easy for me to say because I've never been in their position. But if I were a Major League Baseball player with a $8 million a year guaranteed contract and somebody's trying to sell my jersey for $400, I tell them no. A- absolutely not. You are not selling my jersey for $500 or $400 or $200. No, you're not doing that to people. The- Again, that's easy for me to say in my position, but but if I were making that kind of money, why would I let this company be predatory with my name? Uh, and maybe they have to. Maybe players have no say. And, and but but I would speak out against it at least. 
something's got to give here, man. Something's got to give here. It, it just, it sucks. It, it really sucks. It, I mean, I think I told you guys about the, the Zion jersey I bought for, for my son. It was on sale. It was a clearance price. But I had to pay $17 to get it shipped to my house. I live two hours from New Orleans. $17 to get a, a t-shirt that came in a bag about this big shipped to my house. That's what it cost. It sucks. It just sucks. If I keep having weird lighting issues, I'll need the money for a priest. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, that's we- That was weird. I think I just have a short. Um, the, the lights aren't going out. I, I think there's a, a short that um, I'm not going to pay somebody to, to come look at because the lights still work most of the time. So, um, no, I I can actually do some of that myself. I'm kind of handy, so I'll uh, I'll fix that eventually. But Ole Miss baseball jerseys on DH Gate are actually pretty good. Not the powder ones, but the other colors. Not sure about state. Isn't DH Gate better for Nike? I could be wrong there. Missed the whole show today. It was terrible in a good way. Uh, appreciate you, Brandon. Thanks again. Thanks for this super chat, man. You are. Um, you're the man. Thank you. It'll change when the next recession comes or it'll keep raising because the money-hungry penguins. Yeah. Don't do the walkout. That means people still purchase tickets. That's true. Yeah. How expensive did it used to be? The prices you're talking about are insane and shameful. I mean, they've doubled, at least doubled. The guy who sacks groceries at the local grocery store should be able to buy some apparel and go to a game or two in the year, 100%. 100%. When you are having to work three hours to buy a shirt, I mean, come on. I just, like, it wasn't long ago where I, because I, I have a drawer full of Pelican shirts. I went to the team store when I went to a game and I bought a shirt for 10 bucks. I'm going to go to another one next month and there will not be a $10 shirt in there. If it wasn't obvious already, thank you for changing the subject, by the way, because I could rant about this forever. Um, if it wasn't obvious enough, the four games almost basically has to win now are South Carolina at Missouri, Georgia, and AM at home. Any loss in there is brutal and would require winning games in Nashville. If they lose tomorrow. Now, if they win tomorrow, they can lose at Georgia and be okay, I think. So. You think Adidas is pretty bad on there now that you think of it? Yeah, I think Nike is the the better bet there. That's why the pro jerseys are all really good. But anyway. You were talking to someone today pondering if the future of the college football playoff games will be streaming only with expansion and ESPN exclusive rights. If the NFL is doing it, don't be surprised if college does it as well. The NFL can get away with it more because it's just more popular, but still. How did I go from a busted curtain rod to a poltergeist playing with my lights? Things really escalated fast. Yeah, and uh, I hear uh, little noises at night, and it sounds like somebody's walking in my attic. It's not rodents. It's not pests. We've already had that checked out. So there's a ghost living in my attic, too. So that's fun. That's fun. Don't shop online too often, but your 18-year-old granddaughter keeping FedEx and UPS at your house. (laughs) I, uh, man, I hear you. I hear you. I've been much smarter about my Amazon purchases lately, but I've got a, uh, I've got a cart. Um, and, and people probably have a lot more in their cart, but I've got 39 items in my, uh, in my Amazon cart right now for a total value of $2,112. <laughs> I will never buy any of these things, but they're to dream. Imagine if they throw a round one Memphis versus Florida state on ESPN plus. Don't be surprised if that, I, I don't be surprised if that happens. The NFL now going to do an Amazon they did Peacock this year, and it was wildly successful, unfortunately. Uh, Amazon next year, yeah, you're going to get streaming only postseason games here soon. Last time you bought on DHgate, shipping was like three months, though. Yeah, so you like I have to order my Saints jersey now if I want to make sure that it gets here before the season. 
begins. Because uh, I refuse to just buy shirts anymore out of principle. So I'm going to get a jersey, even though I like I, I like jerseys. I, I'm not. I don't wear them. I like them. I have them, but I don't wear them. It's weird. Um, I don't shame people for wearing them. I know you get that a lot. Like, oh, adults in jerseys. Well, who cares? Why do you care what another adult man is is wearing? Why does that bother you? I couldn't possibly care less. But out of principle, I'm going to get one, and I'm going to be an adult jersey wearer. And so be it. But anyway, UConn's getting bullied by Creighton. I will probably turn that on when we hang up, which, by the way, will be uh, right now. But uh, thank you, guys, uh, as always. Uh, again, I will do a post game. Very unlikely to do a live post game tomorrow. Uh, I think I might just... Um, I think I might just uh, record it. But anyway, Ole Miss State basketball tomorrow. Excited for that one. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens, and uh, I'll talk with you about it. We'll be back live Thursday getting ready for the baseball weekend and the basketball weekend and whatever else comes up between now and then. Uh, appreciate you guys a ton. I'll see you then. You guys have a great night, and uh, enjoy your basketball tomorrow. Talk to you after. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.